Please join me in today's scripture reading from Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 20. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that was a better good morning than last week. Um, hey, it really is good to be here and to see you all. I hope that you can take a breath this morning, take a moment of rest, and enjoy seeing some brothers and sisters in Christ, and be reminded this morning and encouraged that God loves us. So I, I don't know about your week. I had, I had a strange week. I'm taking this class through the Center for, Form Center for Formation and Direction Ministries um, on spiritual formation and spiritual direction. And we have these week-long intensive classes. So any, any of you done, have you ever done like an like a intense class for like a week or a few days where it's like all day? Yeah, some of you are nodding. So I had this all-week class on Zoom. We were going to be in person in L.A., but I stared at a Zoom screen all week. Just stared at a screen all week. And the good thing was that the teaching was just incredible. And some, like our sharing times, like small group times, were, were really incredible around this topic of, of formation. And we talked a lot this week about understanding God's love for us and our identity in Christ. And I just kept like writing notes on my notepad. Oh, I'm going to say this at Regen. Oh, this is good for Regen. But as I was in this really intense, beautiful class all week, I, I really, like my heart kept, one, going to my own process and realizing, oh, I am still being formed. I have so much to learn. I still have so many parts of me to open up to God and let God shape. Um, and I kept having this thought of, oh, I am so excited to share so much of this with Regen um, in the coming weeks, things that, things that I'm learning um, in this class. So I'm pumped and I'm so glad I'm not staring at a Zoom screen anymore. I kind of don't ever want to do that ever again. Also, before we get started, I just wanted to say, um, I have a few hours a week available for pastoral counseling while Pastor Albert is on sabbatical. So if you really need someone to pray with or talk to about a certain thing, um, I'm around. You can grab me or you can contact the office and get my email address. But yeah, if that's something that you need or desire, um, I would love to make space for that and try to find a time to, to meet up with you and, and hear kind of what God is stirring in your own life and in any way that we can care for you and support you and, um, and pray for you. Let's pray together again, okay? And let's jump into Ephesians and our series. Dear God, we are so grateful that you love us. Dear God, thank you that we made it here this morning. We are alive um, and we are together, whether it's in person or whether it's on a video screen. God, we are here. You created each one of us unique in your image, and you love us. And, and I, I simply ask 
this morning, God, that your spirit would open up our hearts to know a little more how much you love us and how much you care about us and have compassion for us and have mercy for us and have grace for us. God, would you just open us up to know your love a little more this morning? Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through the first couple weeks of what will be like a three and a half month long series on, on spiritual formation that I'm calling Spiritual Formation for Everyone. Um, the first week we talked about who is your teacher? Like who is your life teacher? And could it be Jesus who is actually like our greatest life teacher? Last week we talked about can we trust that God can change us? Like can we actually believe that God can mold us, each one of us, into new people with the power of God, the Spirit of God. And this, this third week, I want to kind of stay in this idea of looking at some of these basics of the faith and, and getting grounded in who God is and who we are. And this morning, I want to talk about this very simple thing that you heard before and you'd probably say, I, I know that, but this reality that God is love. And that God has this epic, huge amount of love and grace towards each one of us. And that if we can just get a little bigger glimpse of God's love towards us, how good it is and how big it is, that, that it, it will shape us. It, it will change us. If we just get a little, a little bigger glimpse of how much God loves each one of us. And then after some intro weeks of really trying to just ground ourselves in these, these truths, these realities of who God is and who we are, we'll get into some spiritual disciplines, um, spiritual practices in community, getting into the Sermon on the Mount and silence and solitude and prayer and fasting and these kind of things. But I'm really pausing more than I thought I would in the beginning of this series because if we don't have a healthy view of God, if we don't have a biblical view of God, if we don't have a healthy perspective on who God is, it's going to be an uphill battle to let God shape us. If, if we don't really let it sink in, these, these kind of foundational truths, it's going to be a tough experience to have spiritual formation happen in our, in our lives, or I would say maybe an almost impossible experience. I have a good friend and, and mentor, his name's Pastor Doug McBride. He's out in Alamo, Danville, and he talks about this, and he calls it when we're trying to white-knuckle it. We get to these points in life where we want to grow, where we want to change, and it's not working, and we're not being formed, and so we kind of like make these white knuckles, and we're like, I'm just going to try a little bit harder. Like, if I, I'm just going to gut through it a little harder, and I know if I just like somehow fold my hands tighter, I can white-knuckle it and like change myself today. I, I know I can if I just try a little harder. You ever felt like that? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to gut it out and push harder, and I know I can change myself today if I, if I just work a little bit harder. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A lot of experts say that a good way to understand that in the context is Jesus would, is saying, my yoke fits you. My yoke, it, it, it fits on you. It's not an ill-fitting yoke that's, that's hard and you can't, it, it fits you. Yeah, there's work to do, but it, it, it fits you. Instead of having to, to kind of white-knuckle our way through life, not understanding why we can't get through certain habits or certain realities in our life. I'm going to use an illustration that's fun for me because I, I like what I'm going to talk about. 
Um, I did my class on Zoom calls in Santa Cruz. I, I had the privilege of staying somewhere so I could kind of make it a spiritual retreat and do class like nine to five and then go down to the beach and kind of sit there and pray. And I love stand-up paddleboarding. I just think it's great. It's partly because I'm a horrible surfer and I like surfing, but I'm horrible and it gets me stressed out. So stand-up paddleboarding to me is epic. Like I'm out there in the ocean so my, my class ended early one day, and they, they kind of said it's going to end early, and we had a break. So I like ran, threw my sandals and shorts on. We're on Zoom, so they can't really see us. I, I threw my like, swim trunks on and sandals. I got my board on the top of the car, and like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to paddleboard the second this class ends. So it ended at like 4.15 instead of 5, and I like jumped in the car. Like, it's like a five-minute drive to the beach. The perfect parking spot was open. I love it when that happens. Like, you know, grabbed the spot, like grabbed my board, like threw it in the ocean, like took a few steps, hopped on it on my knees, paddled, and then stood up. Hardly anyone out there, a couple boats in the distance, a couple surfers in the distance, and it was me in this like beautiful scenery. And I just, I love it. And it's work, it's exercise, but like I love being alone, I love being with God, I love the beauty of it, I love the, 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 the peace of it. But there's only been a couple times where I hated paddleboarding, like two or three times, and that's when I had the wrong size board. Like I've gone out a couple times where I had a friend's board or I rented a board or, or whatever, and I've gone out and I'm like, this is going to be epic, and I could barely stand on the board. Like barely, so I'm, I'm standing and I've got like my knees you know, flexed and I'm like, I can do this, this is going to be epic, but it's taking every ounce of physical athletic energy inside me just to stand up. So it's no fun. And then I'm worried about falling down, which I'm going to be embarrassed and I'm going to get all, you know, it's going to, so I'm like just gutting it out, like paddling, trying to stand up until my calves are about to cramp up and my feet are about to cramp up and my like quads are just screaming at me and my abs are screaming, and my shoulders are screaming, and I'm like, but I don't want to give up, and then I come back in, and, and I try to think it was great, but it's no fun. It's no fun when you're just like gutting it out, and it's so hard, and it doesn't actually fit you. And sometimes some of us get in this mode of like, I just, I'm going to try to gut this out on my own strength. I'm going to make myself stop certain things. I'm going to make myself be more mature. I'm going to, I'm going to gut it out and make myself be more patient and loving, and it, it doesn't work. So I want to look at this simple foundational idea that you have heard and you know to some extent, and that is that God is love. Amen? God is Love. I've been reading through 1 John, and he just keeps saying it. Like, God is love. This is who God is at the core. And God loves you more than you can possibly understand. So just think about how much you think that God loves you, even if it's a lot. Okay? Like, oh, I do think God loves me a lot. And just think about that is just this tiny, it's like a tiny rock in the ocean compared to how much God actually does love you. All day and all night, when you're doing really well and when you're doing horribly, when you're treating people well, when you're treating people horribly, God has this huge, big, intense love and compassion towards you as a beloved child. So let's read Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 20 again. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power 
through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm going to stop there. I mentioned this last week talking about Paul, but I love this pastoral heart that Paul has. You can just sense the emotion and the love that Paul has. He's saying, I am on my knees praying for you. And in this passage, he's saying, I am praying that you would be strengthened deep in your inner being so that you could know the, the height. Actually, I'm going to read this so I don't, I don't mess it up. The breadth and length and height and depth, how big God's love is for you. So Paul writes about power, right? There's this power of God that is so big that can help you change. And in verse 16, he uses these two words. He says it starts in your inner being. In your inner being. In a lot of kind of spiritual formation circles I run in, we use the phrase a lot, inner life. And it's that same idea. That it's not just about performing differently. That formation isn't about just changing my behaviors on the outside or, or looking differently on the outside. But you and I have an inner life, a heart a soul, the, the, the real us deep down. And God wants to start there in our inner being or our inner life with God's power, with God's spirit. And it says, being rooted and grounded in love. When I read that phrase, rooted and grounded in love, all I could think of was all the, all the Oakland stuff about being rooted in Oakland. Like, I feel you get that. Like, if, if, if you live in Oakland or hang out in Oakland, we have more shirts about being rooted in our city than I think any city in the world, right? Like, we love it. Like, we, we got shirts with roots on it. We got rooted in Oakland, trees in Oakland, oak tree in Oakland, rooted, like, rooted in the town. Like, like we in Oakland, like, love this idea of being rooted in Oakland. And, and to be honest, I love it. Like, all my kids grew up in Oakland. That's, like, pretty much all they know. Like, they are rooted in Oakland. Like, for real. Like, my, I'm not really from the town. My kids are from the town. And that's cool, and that's fun, and I, I like those shirts, right? But this scripture is talking about, may you be rooted and grounded in what? Say it. In love. In God's love. May that be what we are rooted deep into. The reality, not just the idea of God's love, but the actual presence of God's love for each one of us. Paul says, may you have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. What, what I like about this passage, it actually makes me laugh because Paul says, May you have the strength to understand God's love. And then Paul writes the next sentence, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He's like, I'm praying that you could understand this big love, but actually you can't ever fully understand it. It's, it's too big for you. It's too vast for you. One of the reasons I love paddleboarding and being in the ocean is it's, kinda, it's one of the few times in life where I have this distinct sense of something being awe-inspiring and majestic. I don't know if you have a place like that. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's being in the mountains, at the ocean. I have this sense of 
looking out into the water as far as I can see, there is something so big and majestic here. I can't really explain it. It's powerful, it's big, and it's beautiful, and it somehow reminds me that there's a God who made this, and that God has got to be so big and, and amazing and majestic to, to make this ocean, that I can't comprehend this ocean, how big it is. It's just so big and vast and powerful and kind of scary, but beautiful. And seeing that ocean just reminds me of this idea of like God's love is so big, it's so vast, that we can't even comprehend it. And I have on, on this next slide, I want us to think about this phrase. You can't perfectly understand how big God's love is to you, but if you have the strength to get a little better picture of how big God's love is, it can change your life. No matter who you are. And that's for if you don't know Jesus at all and you're listening to this this morning, or if you have been a Christian for 30 or 40 years, I am convinced the scriptures teach that if we can just get, even this morning, a little bigger vision, like a little more understanding of how much God loves you, that that will naturally change us. And I would argue that there's maybe nothing else that could change us more to get a little bigger glimpse of God's love and grace towards us. I meet with a spiritual director, and, and I, she says this. She doesn't say a lot forcefully to me, but when I'm sharing about a time where I feel like I failed or a time where I wish this would have happened or a time where, like, oh, I can't believe like, like this happened and I did this, and she, she has this thing she does sometimes where she says, can, can you pause, Nate? And I'm like, yeah. She says, in that moment that involves some pain or some shame, can you imagine that your Abba Father, your Heavenly Father, is right there watching what you're going through, full of compassion and love for you, and really just wants to give you a hug, and let you know that you're loved while you are going through this moment of pain or shame or whatever it is. And, and that, like, imagining that kind of puts me into this different space. Like in that moment, this God wants to give me a hug. In that moment, God was actually there, loving me, with me, feeling for me, caring about me, wanting to give me um, a hug, so to speak. And I don't know if that's uncomfortable for you, thinking about God in that imaginative way of wanting to embrace you. I found it incredibly helpful to imagine this idea of the God of the universe being there, looking at me, like really wanting to embrace me as a loving father does. I'm going to read you a little something. This is actually the first thing I stole from my class that I'm going to share. So it'll come out in the coming weeks, but this is the first thing I stole. One of the faculty who's a pastor read this as a devotional, and it just, it just moved me. Um, and it's from a book, and I'm going to share it with you. And this thing I'm going to read gets to this, this idea that if we're honest, if we're really honest and vulnerable, Many of us have this idea that like, man, but I'm really kind of messed up inside, God. Like if you really, I'm really actually kind of messed up. Like I really don't deserve love. Like I, I really mess up a lot. I really do, if I'm honest. And the kind of sitting in that idea that I really do mess up all the time, at some level, if we're honest, can make us feel like, ah, does God really love me that much? Because I, I kind of do mess up a lot. But would you just listen to this? It's like a poem about God and us. Would you just listen to this and, and, and see what the Spirit would say to you? No, wait, 
we say, cautiously approaching Jesus, you don't understand. I've really messed up in all kinds of ways. I, I know, he responds. You know most of it, sure. Certainly more than what others see. But there's perversity down inside me that's hidden from everyone. I know it all. Well, the thing is, it isn't just my past. It's my present, too. I understand. But I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon. That's the only kind of person I'm here to help. But the burden is heavy, and it's heavier all the time. Then let me carry it. It's too much to bear. Not for me. You don't get it. My offenses aren't directed towards others. They're against you. Then I am the one most suited to forgive them. But the more of the ugliness in me you discover, the sooner you'll get fed up with me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. We, we have moments when we're honest where, where we have this experience of shame. Shame for our mistakes. Shame for the things we used to do. Shame for the things we still do. And this God just, God's love is relentless. Keeps pursuing us. I want to talk about this idea of a, a cycle of sin and shame. Sometimes what happens is, and, and Paul hints at this in a lot of different ways, we have an experience of pain or maybe just an experience of being discontent or stressed out. Like we just don't feel like something's not right. Maybe there's a reason we know, maybe there's not, and we get stressed out. And so we're, we're sitting with this stress or anxiety or discontent feeling. And so we kind of have this choice. I can kind of take this to God, right? And say, God, I feel really discontent and stressed. Can, can you like hold this with me, God? But often we just kind of sit in that discontented feeling for longer until we act out. And it might be getting mad at our spouse acting out or a coworker or a friend or maybe a child, or it could be just trying to numb out, which could be these kind of big serious things we think about like alcoholism or drug addiction. It could just be like staring at social media for a long time or eating a bunch of cookies or like, you know, doing something that might think, we think is silly or stupid, but is like, it's just our way to cope with like this feeling of discontent. And then you know how we feel sometimes? Then we feel ashamed, because I just, you know, wasted half an hour of my life, or I just smoked this, or I just drank this, or I just watched this, or I just, I just you know, wasted this much time on Facebook. And we kind of feel stressed out. So then we like can act out again. And in the middle of this, these cycles that we kind of come into, what if we can just kind of change our gaze to our Father. Because in the middle of us being in that cycle, our Father is looking at us with love, with compassion, and is just wanting to say, I got you. I know, I already see. Let, let, let me give you a hug. Let, let, let me pull you out of the cycle that you're in. I already know about it. You don't have to hide it from me. Just come over here. Sit with me. Rest with me. 
Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This gets to our identity here, which we'll talk about later. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate you from God's love? Nothing. What mistake can you make that can separate you from God's love? Nothing. What pain can come upon you and separate you from God's love? None. Nothing. And who can come condemn you if you are in Christ? Nobody. No one can condemn you because Christ has already paid for it. Christ has already taken care of it. But sometimes we want to condemn ourselves, even if nobody else is, when Christ has already paid for it. And the hard thing is we live in a fairly performance-based world. You, you agree with that? We, our world is fairly performance-based, right? You go to school, you take a test, right? You go to work, right? You do, you do a good job, your boss appreciates it. You do a bad job, they don't appreciate it. Like our, our world and even a lot of friendships we're in are sometimes like middle school friendships, right? If, I, if, you're, if I'm cool, you like me. If I do enough for you, you like me. Hopefully we have friendships that aren't like that. But some of our world, right, is, is just very performance-based, if I'm cool enough, if I do enough, if I do enough right stuff, this person will accept me. And, and you might have gotten that from your parents growing up. If I perform enough, my mom and dad like me. If I don't, they don't. Like we, we believe these things because of how the, the, the world's cultures, but God says nothing can separate you from my love. And nobody can condemn you if you are in Christ. Nobody. I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 4. It's a, it's a little lengthy, so promise me you don't fall asleep. If you're getting tired. But it just reminds us of God's love again in a different way. So 1 John chapter 4, 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I'm actually going to stop there and not read the whole thing. God is love. 
and even later in this passage, it talks about fear. That fear and love don't exist together. And actually, perfect love casts out fear. That God does not want us to live in fear, but, but to live in God's love. I'm going to close with one more verse. And, and I, want you, I want to invite you even now to really reflect on your own inner being or inner life and how it is that you are able to accept God's love and believe in God's love. And I, and I want to encourage you. I don't know if this morning, if you missed it on video, some can, a piece of a candle fell down. I don't know this morning if you are at a point of being like, yes, like I, I, I do feel ashamed so often and I wrestle with that. And this morning, I just want to experience God's love in a deeper way. And I don't know if you're thinking, I already know God loves me. Like I, I've heard it. Can't we get to something else more interesting? I don't know where you're at this morning. But I, I, would you just take a moment to reflect deep in your own soul and your inner life on how much you have accepted God's love and are able to live rooted in God's love for you? Not just as an abstract idea, because there's one idea of the doctrine of the idea that God loves us, which is a good idea and a true idea, but then there is the idea or the practice, letting it move from an idea to a reality, an experience of God, a, a connection to God's love, being rooted in God's love in our daily lives, where we know God's love, feel it, experience it, and it shapes how we live our day because we're so rooted in a real intimate way in the love of God. Let's read John 3, 16. I bet you probably heard it before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Sometimes the picture of God that we might get is that God is just sitting up there ready to spank us or ground us. Sometimes we have a picture of God of like, man, God is just ready to get me when I mess up the next time. Like this great cosmic policeman judge who is just ready to, to get me. And the scriptures paint this picture of a God who didn't send his son to the world to condemn. God sent his son so that we could be saved because of this, this ridiculous, epic big love that God has for you. And we are God's beloved children. Amen? That is who we are if we're in Christ. We are God's beloved children. Would you pray with me? And I really want to take a moment, maybe a little longer prayer time than we usually do at the end of the sermon, to pray and, and ask God to help all of us get a bigger picture of God's love. God, we read these words that you are love. I read these beautiful words of Paul on his knees praying people would understand how big your love is. We read 1 John. We read the Gospel of John over and over these beautiful pictures of how much you love us, that you don't want to condemn us, that, that, you, that you love us.
more than we know. And God, we, we sit here for a moment in silence and we ask God, would you help us know your love, believe in your love, and experience your love a little more? God, let us be so rooted in your love throughout our day that when we face hard things and difficult things and stressful things, that we can just kind of point our gaze back to your love for us, your compassion for us. That God, as we face hard things that make us question ourselves and what's going on, could we find our identity as your beloved children more than anything else? God, we, we need faith to believe that your love is really that big. So God, for the, the parts of us that might doubt that your love is that big or might question if we could ever experience that kind of love, God, would you break through? Break into our inner being, God. Let us know how big your love is and let that reality change us and let us just be nothing but purely grateful for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we're going to move into a time of communion and if you don't have one of these. Stephanie back there has some. So if you want to raise your hand, we could, we could get you one. And actually, I, I want to take this together. Many of these scriptures that we even read this morning remind us of the reality that we are God's beloved because of what Jesus has accomplished. And that we're not condemned because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. And the, really the greatest picture of love that we can give you is someone laying their life down for us. So let's take a moment and just reflect on the love. This is a symbol of God's love sacrifice for us. I'm going to read from Mark 14, and then let's take it together after I read. As they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. So if you haven't already, let's open these together. This represents the body of Christ broken for you. This represents the blood of Christ shed for you. Let's, let's take communion together now. Go ahead. I'm going to pray for you one more time as, we, as you finish. God, we thank you for your love. We have this beautiful symbolic act, God, of, of the bread and the juice. God, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for the love you have poured out for us. Amen.